Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. This episode is sponsored by the free three-day Launch Your Freelancing Business Challenge. Between now and April 21st, you can register for the challenge by visiting arianavernier.com forward slash free dash challenge or by clicking the link in the show notes. This challenge will help you get clarity on what services would light you up and make you excited to work on your business every day, where to find paying clients to help you replace your teaching income quickly, and the top three mistakes new freelancers make so you can avoid them and start working from home with your babies faster. There will also be a special gift for those who register, but registration closes on April 21st, so make sure to get signed up for the free challenge ASAP. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Digital Classroom Podcast. We have a very special guest today that I'm super excited to have on the show. She is Brittany Verlinich. She's a travelpreneur, group growth strategist, and business coach. So we're super excited to have you here today, Brittany. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I like to just get started with these episodes with you sharing kind of your journey, um, how you got into education, what grades you taught and all of that. So you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure thing. So I'm actually a, it's hard to even say second career teacher, more like third or fourth career teacher. I always knew I loved working with kids, but before I actually went into teaching, I did all kinds of alternative education. So I've done directing at summer camps. I've done outdoor school where you would take them out into the woods and focus more on like environmental education and science. And my last job before this was actually uh, leading a youth department at a community center. So I always love working with kids because kids are always ready for an adventure. You just say what you're doing today and they're like, okay, and they come along with you. I love that. I love young kids, I should say specifically. Yeah. Middle schoolers, a little different, but young <laughs> kids, I just, I love, I love that. And um, so when I was actually looking to go into teaching, it probably wasn't just because I wanted to be a teacher. It was actually because something personal happened. Um, so my grandmother who had raised me, she passed away in 2016 mm. and it hit me really hard. And I realized that the way that our lives are set up, the way that especially the life as an employee is that you only get like maybe 10 to 15 days a year to spend time with your family, with your parents, with your siblings. And that just really, really struck me that maybe even more than her actual death, because I knew she was going to die eventually, but it was just, it just made me realize, wow, I really want to spend time getting to know my siblings and my mom. And because I didn't grow up with them. And also I thought about, okay, well, my husband and I are going to have kids eventually. Am I going to miss out time with them too? And, you know, it, so it really just kind of turned my world upside down and all of my priorities shifted. So I was working like 70, 80 hours a week. And honestly, um, it's so funny. Like everybody says, teaching is a lot of hours. I actually have way less working hours teaching than I did at my last job, but I knew I needed a change and I knew I needed something that was a little more um, family friendly so I could actually spend time with those people. 
And so that's actually what made me look into it. And when I looked into where my mom was, she lives in the White Mountains of Arizona, and she lives very close to a reservation. And I have always been really passionate and interested in indigenous cultures and indigenous rights. And so I thought, okay, you know what? Here's the time, not time like the present, let's go for it. So I put in, I applied, I heard back, like right when I applied, I knew the district needed teachers because I heard back right away. Hey, do you want to interview? Okay. I interviewed a week later. I got the job on the spot. I put in my notice at my job. It all happened very fast. Wow. So it's one of those meant to be things. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like everything was, I don't want to say perfect, but very smooth. They had housing here. My housing is super cheap, by the way, if you ever want to teach on a reservation, if you, if you decide you still want to do this for a few more years, I pay three sixty a month for a three bedroom house. Wow. I know. So that's going to be hard to leave because I'm going to have to go pay real prices. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like everything was like exactly perfect. Like we wanted to work, focus on paying down debt. We wanted to, you know, move out of the city for a while. And so it was just a meant to be thing. And so I've been, been here for four years now. But I think like what I've realized, although of course this is unique because I also live on a reservation and I'm teaching indigenous youth where there are extra layers of challenge on top of that. But I think what's like been the most interesting is it's helped me see you can only do so much in the classroom. You know, you, you have like from, I only have them from like nine to three. And as much as I try to make it engaging and fun and I try to let them forget what's going on in the rest of the res once they leave the school. And I guess I'm probably leading into your next question. Um, but it just makes you kind of discouraged after a while, you know, because you're like, I'm a naturally upbeat, happy person. And it's like just every day. Ugh. So yeah, that's my teaching journey as of where I am right now. I love teaching. I love the kids. I love where I live right now. Um, but it's just not, I can't do it for 20 to 30 years, unfortunately. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, you just feel it kind of starting to weigh on you. Like, yes, that's a great way to say it. Absolutely. I know with I, I'm very empathetic and I can feel that you are as well. And so like you just you take on those emotions of your students and it can it can just really start to wear you down over time. Absolutely. That's a really good way to say it. Yeah. So can you kind of share a bit about your journey from deciding that you were ready to leave to like where you are now? Sure. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think like the first year I really wanted this to work, you know, because it was so smooth that I think I really pushed it to work. Like the first year I was here was straight up miserable. I actually wrote a blog about it because people always say, oh, you live on a reservation. That sounds so cool. And it is. But I want people to be armed with knowledge coming in because I was not. And so I had like shell shock, to be honest. Um, so it, it's been really hard and it takes a while, especially if you're non-native and if you're an outsider to, to even kind of be accepted. And, you know, especially just because you're new and different and they're used to people coming and leaving. So I really wanted to not leave. I wanted to be the one that was like, no, I'm committed. I'm going to be here. Um, so at the end of the first year, I was already like, this is really hard because the jobs I had before, I got to really... Um, I got to go outside the lines with the kids in a way. So like we worked with a homeschool co-op. And so I got to design the curriculum, like literally everything. I got to decide what they did. As long as I hit state standards, I'm good. And so the kids really enjoy learning. And then I go to this restrictive four wall environment where it's like, I have to do this and I have to do the test. And it's like, oh my gosh, the, the fun's being sucked out of it. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I really tried because I was like, maybe I'm just new. And I recognize new teachers have a lot to learn. So I did the second year and I was like, okay, a little less hard, but still hard. Third year, 
okay, I've got a handle on classroom management and all that stuff, but it still feels just really discouraging. It just tugs at your heart. And so at the end of toward last year, because everybody knows what happened in March, 2020, right? The pandemic, (laughs) I had all of this time, all of a sudden, I had all this time where I wasn't really giving myself time to think and reflect before. And I was doing things that were fun and I was making really good money. Like I did, um, I opened a teacher's pay teacher's store kind of willy nilly. And I put some Google classroom resources on there. And the first month I made $400 and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I only make 800 here every two weeks. So there might be something here. And so I started doing other things I thought were fun and also helpful to other people and making easy money. I say easy in quotes, because it's still work. But I was like, wow, does it really get to be this easy? Do I really need to have a job? <laughs> you know, do I have to have a job? Do I have to be waking up at six in the morning? I know some people are like, you're an adult. Well, guess what? I'm 32. I still hate waking up early. So <laughs> I'm like, do I have to do these things? I don't want, what if I don't want to? What if I want to have the option? And what if I want to travel, not just during my school breaks? You know, what if I actually want to be able to have the options and the freedom? And that was always what was attractive to me before. And so that showed me it was possible. So I'm actually really thankful as, as terrible as the pandemic has been. I think that really sealed it for me. Mm-hmm. And so the last year has been just really solidifying that, learning all I could, um, putting it into practice, serving people, selling offers. And so I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, I can leave and I know I can make money. Um, so I'm just trusting it and going for it. And I think it helps too. My husband's also, he's been doing school. So now he's going to be taking on a full-time job. And now it's my turn to explore. So it's exciting stuff. It's always really helpful too when you have a spouse who can kind of help you take that leap. I know when I ditched the classroom, like I had not officially replaced my income when I actually left. I left to go on maternity leave and it was nice to have that support from my husband. So it is very helpful if you do have that backing you. Absolutely. I think it's vital. And I think like I know a lot of people would say, just go for it wherever you're at. But I do think it's really important if you have a spouse or a partner that you are in sync with that because, yeah. you know, you, you need to be on the same page for sure. Yeah. And I do have an episode all about like communicating with your spouse about your ditch the classroom journey, like expressing those desires to them and getting them on the same page because it's already hard enough. And if you have your spouse kind of like going against you, it's just, yeah. it's really challenging. Yeah, um, Absolutely. So I kind of want to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. You have a lot going on. I know you're a group growth strategist, you're a business coach, you do blogging, you do teachers pay teachers. And I know in the entrepreneur world, we hear a lot about like finding your niche, finding what area you specifically want to work with or getting really narrow even in your services. How, how do you have a profitable business without a niche or niche. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I can never, I always decide like in that moment how I'm going to say that word. Yeah. So that's, well, well, that's what I thought too, when I was first looking into this, but what's really funny is that teachers are naturally multi-passionate, multi-talented people. I mean, what I teach all day, I go from between ELA and social studies and math, and we're doing science, you know, that's just naturally who we are. And that's what I think we love about teaching is that we get to do all kinds of things. And that we're also doing, you know, we're also nurturing the whole human and we're talking about how do we make friends. And so I, I love that. And so I, 
didn't like the idea of entrepreneurship being restrictive. Like, again, the whole reason I'm excited about it is the freedom and being able to make money doing fun things and then being able to live how I want. So when everybody would say like, well, you have to have a niche. You have to, as soon as someone says have to, I'm like, okay, I'm out. No, I'm going to figure this. I'm going to figure out a different way. So I should be clear and say, I do think it's really important to know your audience and to know like when you're talking to them, you should kind of have an idea of like, okay, who is it that's listening? Um, what do I have that I can really share with them and give to them? Like there's, there's a value aspect there. And so totally, I think there's so much value in knowing your audience. And that's something I even talk about with the group thing. But one of the reasons I've been able to do multiple things is because I'm very, very strategic and specific about funnels in a way, you know, so like I have the teachers pay teacher store and that that's not even my main source of income. That's just kind of extra. But I have a, um, a teachers pay teacher store for like Google classroom resources for third to fifth grades. Right. It really just started because I was like, well, I've been doing this stuff for a while, so I'll just share what I have. And I like being able to help teachers in that way, even though that's not my main passion. I have a group specifically for that. I have a blog specifically for that. And so that section of my overall market, you could say, they know that that's what they what they need and that's what I can provide for them there. But I have some people who are in multiple groups. And so they'll see that stuff there, but then they'll go into my traveling teachers group, which is where they find all about teacher travel grants and fellowships and opportunities. And I have, I'm always going to have a place for that because that was the first group I ever made. And I love that community so much. Um, but then I also have for my teachers who have evolved and they've made decided to make a business of their own. I have a group growth group for that. So if they're interested in building their audience and positioning themselves in authority, I show them how to do that. So I would say the shortest answer is you can succeed without a niche or niche if you have a personal brand that's really strong. And if you're consistently selling and serving people and delivering, or and I would even say over-delivering on what you offer, then I think people will just come to love your stuff. Um, I know like the people I follow to the coaches I have are multi-passionate. And even though they're their audience, they like, obviously they know who their audience is. They just think, okay, what do I want to create? What does my audience need or want? And then they create something that matches that. And then they go from there. Yeah. I think too, it's important to note, like when you're ready to ditch the classroom, usually you're doing it because you, you have a heart for something else. And if something's lighting your fire, you don't want to just ignore it because you think, oh, I have to focus on this one area. If there's multiple right. things and you're multi-passionate, you should be able to chase all of them. Now you have to be really good at like organizing and prioritizing and all of that if you're focusing on multiple things. But I do think it's important to not push those aside just because that's what everybody says you have to do. <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. And I think like a, a lot of like I said, once you kind of have this strategy down, like once you understand, like I say sales funnels, I should specify if you are an entrepreneur, I don't mean specifically like click funnels or like a funnel, like software. I don't mean that. I just mean the overall process of having someone know who you are, what you're like, what you're about and what you can do for them, that overall process. And then I'm deciding to buy. Um, so I think as, as long as you know that and you understand that, then you're good to go. And, and I think as when you're super excited about something, that is going to put you a cut above the rest because you'll love learning about it. You'll love continuing to improve. And that passion will come through when you talk about it like this. I love talking about this stuff. I'm actually thinking of making a podcast around this specific topic, but I don't want to say it yet. I want to create it and then put it out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that like don't have to feel limited. I think we're used to feeling limited, you know, by standards and by 
evaluations and testing and, and, you know, the whole point of entrepreneurship is financial security and time freedom. So you don't have to limit yourself. You're a being with limitless potential. So you can do as many things as you want. Yes. Agreed. So if you're not going to really niche down and get really specific, is there something that you have to do instead yeah, I would say, um, I kind of mentioned this, but get really clear on who your audience is and get clear on specifically what you want to do for them. Some people will call, like some marketing experts will say the problem you want to solve. And that's one way you can think about it. But it can also just be um, what you want to provide and what you're, where that matches your proficiency and your passion, I would say, because you don't obviously want to do something you're not really good at because that'll be a stressor for you. And you don't want to do something you're not really passionate about because then it's going to become a drag for you. So you have to find that sweet spot of where your natural talents and your skills and your gifts match what you're interested in and what that there's a desired market, obviously. And usually there is a desired market. You just need to find where they're at where they are. So no matter what it is too, like I know another teacher who she actually loved, loved, loved curating an awesome Instagram for her dog. That was her passion. She loves it. And so she grew her dog's account to 25,000 followers. And then she started showing people, I know like within a year, and then she started showing people how to become a pet influencer. So it's no matter what you think it is, even if it's like really weird or bizarre, start there because I see a lot of teachers say, okay, well, what can I do to make money? And I think that you're asking the wrong question. Like ask, so ask a better question. What do I really enjoy doing? Like, what could I do for hours and hours that the time would just pass by and I wouldn't even know. And that is usually where you want to start. Don't start with just where, how can I make money? Because you can make money doing anything. Yeah, definitely. Also something too, you said you want to make sure your audience wants what you're putting out there. One thing that you can do I've talked about how you can find clients and whatever in Facebook groups before. So you can actually ask like, find the Facebook groups where your ideal clients are hanging out and you can ask them like, what do you need? What problems are you facing? Um, Or if you have an idea, like put the idea out there and see like if they comment that this is something they would love to have in their toolkit, then you know it's something that's worth bringing to fruition, basically. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of monetizing it before I make it. And if you follow me, you'll probably even see me do this. I'll say something like, I'm thinking about launching X course or X membership or X program for X person where you will learn to do X, Y, Z. If you're interested in that, comment below and I would love to message you and ask you more questions. And I I do that all the time. And, you know, it's great because then if the idea is not what they're really wanting right now, then we can just move on. There's nothing to lose. And even if I just get them on the phone or in messenger, I can hear how they're describing the problem that they're having. And those words are so helpful to use in your messaging too, because then you can use the exact words that they're saying. So absolutely. I agree that you should talk to your ideal audience member and really get to know them. I'll be so helpful for you. Yep, definitely. So do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before, before we do kind of like wrap it up? No, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. I think if you just start with your passion and go from there, as cheesy as it sounds, that's what, what's going to set you apart. And then yeah. you'll be able to build it from there. Definitely. So I have this question that I ask every guest on the podcast, and I just love it. And it's if someone wanted to start their digital classroom journey, but they just felt too overwhelmed, what would you tell them? I would say, well, what will happen if you don't start it? 
what's going to happen if you don't? Are you overwhelmed right now? Because I'll tell you that being overwhelmed right now with things that are beyond your control is way more stressful and disheartening than being overwhelmed with excitement because you have things that are going on that you are excited about doing. Yeah, I, I agree. I like that. I love it. <laughs> so do you have any resources that you would like to share with my audience to help them with their digital classroom journey? Absolutely. So if you are at the point where you're exploring different options and what you're probably doing is typing different jobs for teachers to do, I'm actually going to challenge you to think differently and think, okay, what kind of person are you first? And then what do you enjoy and go from there? I have it's called the Teacher Biz Quiz, teacherbizquiz.com. If you go to that, you can take that and see what kind of entrepreneur you are. So are you more of a creator? Are you more of a curator? And I think if you think of it that way, it's going to be a lot easier to find something you really enjoy. And then that way that will make you money. I also have a Facebook group called Audience and Authority. So if you already have a business and you're looking to build that in a way that you are a multi-passionate entrepreneur, then I will show you how to do that with Facebook groups. Awesome. Yeah, I love that idea, that quiz that you created. I actually want to take that myself and I already kind of know what I'm doing. So thank you for putting that out there. I'll make sure to include it in the show notes for everybody listening so you can find it really easily. Yay, sounds good. Cool. And then where is the best place that our listeners can come, connect with you, become your best friend and all the things? Okay, well, I will be totally transparent. I'm still growing my Instagram. So I am still learning from you guys. I can probably learn from you all there. My name is Brittany Verlenich. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-V-E-R-L-E-N-I-C-H. I know it's so long, but if you find it on the show notes, you'll probably see the link. And my Facebook group, like I said, is Audience and Authority. If you have a business and you're looking to grow it, um, or if you just love travel and you want to find all the travel deals I share in the group, that's slash travelingteachers.co for Facebook groups, or you can just type in traveling teachers and you'll see my face. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll have that linked as well. So sounds good. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your wisdom with us. I really appreciate you for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you. I'm so glad we connected. Yeah, of course. Well, to everybody listening, make sure you go and, and show Brittany some love for coming on. Let us know if you have any questions. You can feel free to DM either of us. And I cannot wait to see y'all next week. Yay, see you then. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review, and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at ariana.vernier and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all, keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.